Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Do you avoid reading the book of Revelation? Maybe you think it's just too strange and hard to understand. In his message today, Pastor J.D. will teach you that Satan doesn't want you to be reading Revelation. If Satan doesn't want you to read it, don't let him get his way. Study it carefully and be prepared for the return of Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 10th, 2023. Today is going to be part two of an update I titled Expect the Unexpected Concerning This Ongoing COP28 that's held in Dubai this year. COP is the acronym for Conference of the Parties, and this is the 28th Conference of the Parties. It's still ongoing. By way of a preface, though, let me hasten to say that the purpose of all of these updates has been, is now, and will continue to be to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. And if you'll hang in there with me, I'll answer the question of how doing a two-part update on COP28 can actually accomplish this. So for now, I want to lay the prophetic foundation, as it were, with prophecies like Daniel 9.27, which we looked at last week. It foretells of a strengthening of a confirming of, even an enforcing of, a seven-year agreement with many. Now what's interesting about the Daniel 9.27 prophecy is that it provides details, what I like to call prophetic timestamps. And in Daniel 9.27 we have a very significant prophetic timestamp right at the midpoint, three and a half years, 1260 days in when the Antichrist, three and a half years into the seven-year tribulation, declares he is God in the temple of God, demanding to be worshipped as God. Um, It's at this point that he commits what is referred to as an abomination that causes desolation, aka the abomination of desolation, which in turn will result in the Jews fleeing to Petra in modern-day Jordan, where God will protect them for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. Are you with me so far? So important is this one particular prophecy in Daniel 9.27 that the Savior Himself refers to it in what we affectionately refer to as 
the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24. I want to read beginning in verse 15. Jesus is speaking. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, Daniel 9.27, he's referring to Daniel 9.27, standing in the holy place, and then we're told parenthetically, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea, Jerusalem, flee to the mountains, Petra, let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Well, now that's an interesting detail. Clearly Jesus is speaking to the Jews of the Jews during the tribulation. So specific is this prophecy and warning and woe about being pregnant and praying that the flight is not on the Sabbath or during the winter is because transportation from Jerusalem to Petra, about 120 miles, becomes nearly and virtually impossible. If you're with child, and for those of you that have been to Israel, try to go anywhere on the Sabbath. You remember standing in front of the Shabbat elevators? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, they don't work because it's Shabbat. So try to get somewhere on the Sabbath. Everything shuts down for the Sabbath. Pray that when you do flee, it's not on the Sabbath. And then he goes on, verse 21, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, speaking of Israel, God's chosen people, those days will be shortened. Fast forward to Revelation chapter 12. I want to read verses 13 and 14 because it provides us with even more detail about this specific prophetic event at the midpoint, the three and a half year mark of the seven year tribulation, when the Jews flee after the abomination that causes desolation, because that's when the Jews are going to realize this is not our Messiah. This is a false Messiah. And the false Christ, the Antichrist, will be the catalyst, if you will, to bring the Jews to a saving knowledge of their true Messiah at the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation. Now listen to Revelation chapter 12, beginning in verse 13. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman, that's Israel, who gave birth to the male child, that's Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle. The eagle typology in Scripture is not referring to America. It is referring to God. That she might fly into the wilderness to her place, Petra, 
where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent, three and a half years. A time and times and half a time. The last three and a half years, God is going to protect His people, the Jewish people. For the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation from the Antichrist, who is still quite literally hell-bent on destroying and eliminating and exterminating and terminating, and all of those that rhyme with that, the Jewish people, which he's been trying to do since the beginning of time, starting with the murder of Abel by Cain. Why has Satan been trying to exterminate and eliminate the Jewish people? Because he wanted to try unsuccessfully, he would never succeed, in thwarting the coming of the Messiah who would come from the woman. The seed of the woman, that's the virgin birth, Genesis 3.15, the Proto-Evangelicum. I don't want to get too far into this, time doesn't permit, but it's important to understand that from the beginning of time, Satan, who is not all-knowing, has tried to eliminate that seed of the woman, the Jewish people, because Jesus the Messiah, shocking I know, is a Jew. Have a nice afternoon. So if he could exterminate the Jews, then the Messiah could not come. Well, clearly he failed, obviously, and Jesus came the first time. Now, he's at it again. And you go through Scripture, I mean, go to Pharaoh, having all of the Hebrew boys cast into the Nile to their certain death, save one, Moses, a type of Jesus as a deliverer. Go to the book of Esther, one of the most fascinating books in the Bible. I spent some time in my time with the Lord in the book of Esther this last week. I love that book. I actually don't love it. There's parts of it that I don't love that much. But Haman, demon-possessed, gets King Artaxerxes to issue an irreversible edict to exterminate all of the Jews, of which his wife Esther the queen is one, unbeknownst to him. And so the plot is thwarted. Why did Haman want to have all of the Jews killed? Because he was demonically possessed to do so, to try to eliminate the Jewish people. Go through the Old Testament, all throughout, replete throughout Bible history and Bible prophecy. Let's go to the New Testament real quick. Is that okay? Just, we'll, we're taking the scenic route. We'll get there. Herod. Remember when he's having that dialogue with the kings from the east? Oh, I heard a king is born. Tell me where he is that I might worship him too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> These wise men were wise. That's why they were called wise men. They're like, they were wise to what he really wanted to do. He wanted to kill him, which is why the boys two years and under of age were butchered in an attempt satanically to exterminate the Jews because a king was born, the savior of the world. Let's go to the last century. Sounds weird, doesn't it, when you say the 1900s? Hey, some of us were born in the 1900s, right? Don't you hate it when you have to do everything online now, and you have to enter your birth date, and you got to scroll down? Man, I hope it's on there. 
you young people have no idea. I mean, you just put it on an auto scroll. Oh, there it is. Thank God it's there. So the 1900s, Hitler, demonically possessed to exterminate all of the Jewish people. Why? Because Satan didn't succeed, would never succeed in thwarting the first coming, but he's still going to try to thwart the second coming, because at the end of the tribulation it is the Jew who calls upon the Lord to come. See, Satan knows Bible prophecy more than we'll ever know, and the Jews have to call for him to come, the one whom they pierced at the end of the tribulation, because that's the purpose of the tribulation, is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. They're going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of, in the midst of the seven-year tribulation. And at the end of the tribulation, they call upon Him, call for Him, and Satan knows that. So he's going to try one more time, and he will fail. By the way, parenthetically, let me say, that this is one of the main reasons why Christians don't read the book of Revelation. Satan keeps Christians out of the book of Revelation under the banner of, it's a very complicated book, too hard to understand. Do you realize it's the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing to those who read it, hear it, take it to heart? Revelation 1-3. And not only that, but how would you like someone reading a book about how it ends for you, (laughs) and it doesn't have a good ending? Satan hates the book of Revelation, and rightfully so, because it outs him, and it describes for us the end of him and how it ends for him. Uh, By the way, one more thing (laughs) on this. So you know Jude is a very short letter. Do you know what comes after Jude? Revelation, if we're still here. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of a joke around here. It's kind of like, are you going to get to the book of Revelation before the rapture? I don't know. I hope not. (laughs) I'd much rather have the rapture come, but anyway. So the Jewish people are going to be protected for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation after the abomination that causes desolation. And these prophecies comport with what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which provides us with even more detail. So much so that verse 3 provides us a timeline of the pre-tribulation rapture happening first, it must, such that the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church of Christ has been raptured. Once the church is raptured, the restrainer removed, then the man of sin is revealed, this son of perdition, as he's called. And then Paul goes on to describe what will ensue when he is revealed, beginning in verse 4, 2 Thessalonians 2. He opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. 
That's Daniel 9.27. That's Matthew 24. Jesus referencing Daniel 9.27. Paul's sort of filling in some blanks for us here. And then he says, verse 5, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? I always marveled that the Apostle Paul who planted the church in Thessalonica was only there for about three months before he was ran out of town, literally ran out of town. And this was a new church with new believers, and he taught them Bible prophecy? Imagine that. Wow. Do you not remember that I was, when I was with you, I told you these things, I taught you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, speaking of the restrainer. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Can't wait. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned, who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I want to move quickly, so please buckle up. Add to this the well-known prophecy in Paul's first letter to the church in Thessalonica, which is actually the first epistle Paul penned. It's so packed with so much that one could rightly superimpose the prophecy in just this one verse, chapter 5, verse 3, over the theme of this year's COP28. Before I read this, may because how many years, how many times have I read and talked and taught about this verse? That can be a problem because you know it so well. It doesn't have the same impact on you. So might I humbly ask that you allow the Holy Spirit to give you ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, even though you've heard this verse so many times. First Thessalonians 5.3, for when they say, while they're saying two words, what are those two words? peace and security, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. So here Paul is echoing the words of the Savior who likens the signs of the end to the labor pains coming upon a woman who is expecting What's unexpected is the suddenness of when the birth pains are going to come. She's expecting the unexpected, because she's expecting. I hope you got that, because that's as good as it's going to get for now anyway. So this is yet another well-known prophecy, also found in Matthew 24, and I want to read it. You've heard it a jillion times before. 
But I want to read from verses 4 through 8. And as I do, I want you to look for something that I want to point out that's not so easily seen at first read, that upon closer examination points to this year's COP28 specifically. Matthew 24, beginning in verse 4. Jesus is answering their question about what will be the signs of your return, the end of the age. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, threats of wars, the scourge of war. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And then verse 8, he says, all these are the beginning of birth pains. So he's likening his coming to a baby coming preceded by the birth pains. And by the way, we've talked about this, bears repeating. I think it's appropriate to uh, say this again. Once those birth pains start, that baby's a coming. You'll forgive the silliness with which I illustrated, but could you imagine a woman in labor, and then the doctor comes in and says, you know what, I got a staff meeting. Uh, can you just hold on? No, I'm at a nine. Listen, I learned a lot more than any man should know about the whole process, but I'm dilated at a nine. You're going to have a staff meeting. This baby's coming with or without you. Ready or not, here I come. And that's what Jesus is saying. Once these birth pains start, they're not stopping. The baby's coming. Once these prophetic birth pains start and begin, I'm coming. There's no stopping it. And that's why he likens it like the Apostle Paul after him to birth pains. Now, here's what I want to point out. Again, not so easily seen at first read, but Jesus likening his return to this list of birth pains, but he includes famines pestilences, and earthquakes, all of which have this one common denominator, namely climate change, Mother Nature, which is the impetus for the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals of, listen, peace, security, and they added one, health, to sustain the earth in their worship of Mother Earth, as they worship the creation and not the Creator. And this is what Paul said in Romans 1 verse 25. Notice the verbiage inspired by the Holy Spirit. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They believed the lie, Second Thessalonians. They believed the lie, the strong delusion. They've exchanged the truth and believed the lie. What's the lie? Oh, they worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator, who was forever praised. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. 
Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.